0: This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit FilmGeekRadio.com for more great shows.
1: Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Greetings, Andrew. How are you doing today, Monica? Have you fought any tigers recently?
0: I haven't, but I know our our listeners can't actually see what we're doing right now, but we're on video chat, and I'm kind of positioned like the poster where it's only my eyes in the video.
1: It's kinda creepy. It's only kind of creepy. Well, this is episode number twenty seven of Cinema Fix focused on the movie Life of Pi. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on in depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a ten minute long spoiler free review of the film. That way you can you can get a general idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time. The second part is a much more in depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the movie and would appreciate that kind of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week, the movie we're going to be talking about is Life of Pi. Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little more information about the movie?
0: Well, this uh, Life of Pi is, was directed by Ang Lee and it was adapted from the novel of the same title by. Yann Martel, and it stars Suraj Sharma as Pai. He's a young Indian man whose family is tragically killed in a shipwreck, but he survives by pure chance, miracle, fate, whatever you want to call it, in a lifeboat. But this boat turns out to also house the tiger Richard Parker, who was part of his family's zoo, was on the boat to be sold off, And now they're living together, and they actually have to work together to survive.
1: Here's a clip. I never thought a small piece of shade could bring me so much
0: happiness. That a pile of tools, a bucket, a knife, a pencil, might become my greatest treasures. Or that knowing Richard Parker was here might ever bring me peace. In times like these, I remember that he has as little experience of the real world as I do. We were both raised in a zoo by the same master. Now we've been orphaned, left to face our ultimate master together. Without Richard Parker, I would have died by now. My fear of him keeps me alert. Tending to his needs gives my life purpose.
1: All right, this is part one of our episode on the film, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. All right, Monica, what did you think of Life of Pi? Have have you read the book?
0: I have not read the book. I'm actually kind of intrigued to read the book because I actually did like the movie. And I thought a lot of the points that the the movie plot brings up probably work much better in novel form than it did on the screen. Where some things kind of felt awkward or over explained. Sometimes it's just better to have it in my own head, I guess, would be the thing. What did you think about it?
1: I, I've i read the book, and I think it's a very faithful adaptation. Oh, yeah? Pretty much everything from the novel that I can remember is in the film. And it's very just visually stunning. Ang Lee's use of 3D is possibly the best use of 3D I've seen since Avatar. The movie's just Whoa. very bright. hold on there. Got-
0: Wait, better than Hugo? Pause. That's sacrilege.
1: Um... Hugo, I thought the 3D was appropriate in one scene.
0: That was like that was the 3D that made me go, "Damn it, I can't hate it anymore."
1: Yeah. Because even
0: in Avatar, I was like, "Some of this is really tropey," but I bought it in Hugo.
1: Hugo had some good 3D. Life of Pi has some very good 3D as well. The colors are very bright, very saturated.
0: Oh, I love the color. That was gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it's just, you've got all of these pastels and these neon oranges and greens and, and these glowing jellyfish and beautiful sunsets on the horizon, and the whole movie just glows.
0: One of my favorite parts was actually when they, have like, really, really, really far away shot of the boat from up top, like, us looking down, like, at a sort of godlike position, And there's nothing else around the boat. There's no water. There's nothing. It's just complete blackness. And the boat is just sitting there. And it just really showed, it like visually told how isolated um, these two characters were. And like little things like that, I absolutely fell head over heels for.
1: This is actually the first role for suraj sharma and he, he plays the lead this is his first movie ever he actually kind of wound up being cast by accident he, he just kind of went along with his brother to the casting call and and ended up being chosen to appear in the film and i actually thought he did a very good job in the movie uh irfan khan who's probably the most recognizable indian actor other than cal Penn, plays High as an adult, um, and it's always good to see him. He's he's a great actor. Yeah. But most of the movie is just Suraj Sharma on a lifeboat with a CG tiger, and I have to say the special effects of this movie they were incredible. I mean, especially compared to what we discussed last week, Twilight. I mean, it was <laughs> like okay, this is how you do computer generated effects.
0: You could see the fur ripple. On the tiger, Richard Parker, you could see, like, even just, like, muscle bounce on him. It was so surreal. Like, it was... Right. At certain points, like, I had to check back with myself. Like, wait a minute. Did they really have, like, a tiger out there for a second? Like, maybe just to do a live shot? Because it was just so good.
1: They actually only used a real tiger for a few shots, like when he's swimming and stuff like that. Yeah. And and I would say 95% of the time it's a CG it tiger. Is. And it looks incredible. I cu- I, there were times when I couldn't tell when they had used a, a live tiger and when they did not. It looks really great.
0: Between that, the CG tiger, and just the visuals, that alone is worth like the price of a movie ticket, I think. Especially if that's something that you know, intrigues people. If if they're really just looking for visual entertainment, that alone is like, wow. It's very impressive.
1: I agree. I I would recommend that people check out the movie. The ending has been very divisive. I I don't want to say it's a twist ending, but it kind of makes you question a lot of what you've seen throughout the film. And I know some people love the ending and some people hate it, I thought the ending was okay. I will say that the ending to this film doesn't work quite as well in the movie as it does in the book um basically That's what this, I heard. this this whole story is framed as pie as an adult telling a reporter this incredible story of survival and and, and what happened to him out at sea. And he basically frames it as, this is the story that will make you believe in God. And so there's a lot of stuff related to religion and why people believe certain things. And the, the, the ending is related to all of that. And it's possible that some people will really hate the ending. Personally, while I'm not a huge fan of the way the ending is portrayed in the film, it is fairly faithful to... To the book.
0: I will say this. I mean, it's probably, it might have to do with the source material, but anytime you set something up so strongly, like this is what's going to make you believe in God, I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, buddy, let's hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm all ears.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I will say that it's possible some of our listeners won't like the film because of the ending. I would say go see it anyway, just because visually it's absolutely breathtaking. Is there anything else you want to say about Life of Pi?
0: Oh, we are so going to get in on the religion bandwagon on the next Yeah, there's
1: episode. a there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the ending um and we'll talk about that in part 2.
0: I guess I also talked a little bit already in an article for Bitch Magazine about the white man framing device. We could talk about that next.
1: Yeah, we can't. We can't. I actually I actually hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. Boom. <laughs> I I will say this, Ang Lee, I think does bring his own unique directorial stamp to this material. Um, the opening credits are overlaid over just shots of different animals in Pai's family zoo. And I just had this flashback to the opening credits of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, which is just the opening credits overlaid over shots of food, because food being cooked, That that's the ma- one of the main motifs in that film. So... I I definitely think that Ang Lee brought his own style to it, and the results were pretty spectacular, I have to say.
0: I mean, there's also just the movement of the camera and just the movement of whenever action happens. A lot of people were pointing out to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. That sort of thing, and, like, yes, it's... I think it's about a two-hour movie or so, Life of Pi? Yes. Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like it.
1: Yeah, it's got a good pace. You know, I feel like the movie does start to lag a little bit in the middle, but that's kind of just because they're out at sea. (laughs) So time is lagging for them. (laughs) So it's a little bit appropriate. There's
0: only so many times you can fight with a tiger before it gets boring.
1: I mean, mean, it's a little bit appropriate that the audience should start to feel a little bit of that isolation and, and that loneliness. Uh, but, the, but the film doesn't drag on for too long, so I, I appreciated that. Okay, well, that'll wrap it up for part one of our discussion on Life of Pi. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing Killing Them Softly, the new film starring Brad Pitt from director Andrew Dominic. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, so if you liked this episode, please write us a review and help us get the word out about the show. That would really help us out. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. That helps uh, keep us on the air and and helps us develop new content. And don't forget to check out other shows on Film Geek Radio, including Let's Get Real, The Thin Place, and Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online?
0: People can find me online at the Twitters at MCASTI Movies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I Movies. They can also find my writing on the BOFCA website. That's B-O-F-C-A dot com. It's the Boston Online uh, Film Critics Association. Um, I also write for Pace Magazine, Bitch, Dig Boston, and The Phoenix.
1: I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at FilmGeekRadio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Cinema Fix. I'm Andrew Johnson.
0: And I'm Monica Castilla.
1: And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio!
0: Yeah!